Welcome to the Agatsu Physical Culture Podcast. I'm Sean Mosen. This is the place where we spit nothing but the truth about fitness, nutrition, and everything fun. My special guest this evening is the man, the legend, the myth, the owner of the Academy of Lions. I messed up with that one a little bit, right? You know <laughs> yeah. I was going to do something. Uh, Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you. I immediately going to leave because I couldn't possibly justify I, all those compliments. I knew you were going to say that. That's why I wore my very special Russia t-shirt. Okay, you know, somewhere in that. And I don't know if everyone can hear, but right now, you hear that? That's the sound of the vodka being poured because, you know, duh, duh. this is this is serious business. This is what's going down right now. Yeah. This is this is nothing but a couple of Russians sitting around having drinks. That's all this is, right? I have a little... It's, uh... <laughs> Okay. This is the first time we've started a podcast with shots. So if you're listening, why is it taking this long? I don't know. And you know what? I consider it a failure. Yes. <laughs> I really well, do on my part. Okay. So uh, we're gonna drink vodka. We're going to talk about how you. Ended all up- I've had today yeah. is whey protein. Almond butter and vodka. Yeah, it's everything <laughs> that's consumed today. So, so this could go, really go off the rails pretty fast. Uh, we're going to talk about some really interesting uh, stuff. Uh, most people know because you know they've been following uh, um, courses and big events that you know you've been having in Toronto at the Academy of Lions. They've got an idea of just what a special gym that is, and uh, they've heard me talk about it. It's one of my favorite gyms in the world, which is saying quite a bit since um, I've been to a lot of gyms all over the world. So it's definitely the most unique one. I've Very ever high praise. So we're going to talk about all that. I want to start back at the beginning, uh, way before the Academy of Lions was, uh, is what it is and became what it became. Uh, you started off, you weren't a trainer originally and didn't probably have designs on that or owning a gym or any of these things. So what were you doing before all of this starts? Um, well, like you, like you said, I wasn't a trainer, um, when I was growing up, uh, you know, I wanted to be a a policeman, a fireman, um, a professional tennis player. Mm -hmm. Um, at some point I wanted to be, uh, you know, Jim Morrison or Bob Dylan or a writer. All of those would have been very cool and would have also made this podcast very incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about music at some point, right? Yeah, we must. Um, but yeah, like basically, I, you know, I spent a, a good part of my life being interested in music and art, and um, I thought that's what I was going to do, because in, in, in my mind, you know, uh, it's kind of a waste of time to do something that you're not passionate in, Yeah. so that's what kind of led me for a long time, and so, you know, I, I, I did I did a bunch of jobs out of, out of school uh, once, I, once I'd finished university, and I did... Um, you know, just a bunch of random things. One day I decided after coming back from Vancouver, I was going to do something I really loved. So um, I was like, I need to work at a record store. I love music, so I'm just going to do that. Cool. Um, and I found a job at a record store, you know, ran uh, a really awesome uh, place. It was the first time in my life I had managed anything. And it was it was amazing. Um, unfortunately, you know, records and CDs and yeah. I'm kind of picturing high fidelity now. In my it was, you know what? It was kind of like a mixture of like high fidelity and uh, Empire Records. Yeah. Like, that was the vibe. Perfect. Yeah, best job. Like, like literally, I would come in, um, you know, on my own volition at 6 a.m., Yeah. you know, and I would leave at basically 10 p.m., and I would be there the whole day, and it would it would literally, like, take my boss to tell me to stop coming in 
for me to actually take a day off. That's I great. loved it so job. much. Yeah, like I was just passionate about it. Like, why would you not love being, you know, around music and just having the freedom to do whatever you want? Sure. So that was really, you know, it for me. And at the time, I thought we were going to open more stores and, and, and whatnot. And, and my boss was really committed to that. But then, you know, the record industry basically crashed. Yeah. And I was out of a job. And uh, that was pretty, pretty weird because I had to start being like a, an adult. You know, I had to find like a job. I dread that day, by the way. That's the nightmare. I wake up in the middle of the night, cold sweat. Well, hanging out, hanging out with you and Sarah for like the last few days here, yeah. um, I'm like, you you guys aren't adults. You just play around <laughs> all fucking day. <laughs> yeah. I'm and juggling in the kitchen while uh, cooking is going on. And, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's like, as, as kind of a recovering hippie, I guess, this is, you know, it's what a scene, right? <laughs> I'm sure we'll get more of that later because I've had like a really stellar three days in Montreal. Um, so I'll probably won't come back, but, uh, <laughs> so you'll never leave. <laughs> never leave. We'll talk about the Academy of Lions and then they'll, they'll understand why they're, they lost their leader. Yeah, exactly. I'll have to listen to the podcast. Oops, sorry. Very so, nice. okay. So you, you're not at the record store anymore. No. Then, then what's the move? I had to find a real job and I, I did something like I was a sales rep, right? Yeah. And unfortunately I made a, like a hell of a lot of money, like mm-hmm. my first year of being a sales rep for this like licensing company. Yeah. And I was just making like basically six figures, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, that really came to the point where the money wasn't really interesting for me anymore. Sure. So I went back into the music industry working like a retail job at a guitar store. Yeah. Uh, just cause I had to find my passion again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but that wasn't also really working out for me either. And around that time, my boss from the record store, you know, he called me and he was like, listen, I'm starting this new company and I want you to help me run it, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you do? He's like, I don't really know what it is, but <laughs> it's some technology thing that my brother was kind of, you know, had the rights to and I want to start my own company. Um, I'm like, well, I don't really know what you're doing, so I don't think I should really be doing this. He's like, right. it doesn't matter, I have faith in you. So I'm like, all right, well, someone has faith in me. So basically him and I in a small little office about the size of, you know, the salon, this right. living room. Yeah. Um, we basically turned this in about a year into like, uh, you know, like a pretty profitable, you know, uh, over a million dollar, you know, company revenue. Right. And, and it was just basically because I came into it, you know, without any knowledge of what we were doing, but I was like, you know what, someone has faith in me. I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm creative. I like the opportunity of sure. building something. Yeah. And <clears throat> so what happened was, uh, I hit a point at two years, right? Where I'm at my desk and it's like 11 o'clock. Um, in the daytime and you know, my lifestyle was great, man. Like I was, I was eating a, what I thought was a really healthy diet, which mm-hmm. was at that point a very, you know, heavily vegan mm-hmm. processed food, you know, soy and all that shit diet. Um, I was going to the, the commercial gym and I was doing my fitness routine, my cardio and then yeah. my, my isolation weights and all that stuff. But here I am at 11 o'clock in the daytime, can't even stay awake. You know, like just I'm just, tanked. I'm just tank. I'm just like, I'm doing everything right. I've got a beautiful apartment on King Street. I got a car. I got the whole thing locked down. Like yeah. my life is sweet, okay? And I had you'll appreciate this. I had a sick guitar and music collection. Mm-hmm. Like I just had, you know, strats and Rickenbackers and, you know, uh, electronic drums. Oh, yeah. So I had all like, you know, it's like that it's basically Fight Club, right? Where Edward Norris. You were done, you won. At that point you had already won. I had everything I needed, you right? Yeah. I had everything I needed, but I was miserable. Like I just fucking hated, you know, just doing what I was doing, yeah. right? It had nothing to do with my boss. My boss was amazing. Still like one of the greatest people I've ever met. The job was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a really successful tech company, still growing. Um, he wanted to open more offices, but the, the challenge was just gone for me. Once yeah. we had taken from nothing to something, it was gone, and here I am falling asleep, you know, at my desk. And uh, what I instinctively did was, I just got down on the ground and started doing push-ups. 
that's it. And as soon as I'm doing these push-ups, I'm just like, holy shit, like, I feel energized. Mm -hmm. And something clicked. I literally had an epiphany right there, and I'm like, man, I need to do something physical. And I have to be doing something physical all the time. Because mm -hmm. if I don't, then I'm just going to die. I'm like, you know, kind of like a shark in that way. And then yeah. I have to be moving or I'll be dead. And literally at that moment, I made the decision, and um, I started looking up you know, just things about fitness and, yeah. and the whole process right there. I knew it was going to take a while and I knew it was going to be something that I had to start from scratch on, but basically that, that was the seeds of the process. Right. Um, and so what, what I started doing in, in, and I'm a big believer in following your gut and just being instinctive about decisions. Cause yeah. I think, you know, we ultimately know what we want and we ultimately don't lie to ourselves on that level. Um, and I, it's, it's funny, you know, my, my best friend, uh, and now business partner, so he'll, he was telling me about this thing called JKD, which is a martial art, mm -hmm. and it was based on Bruce Lee, big Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. So I wanted to start doing JKD, and uh, that was great. That was immediately better than the whole commercial gym routine. And I knew it was just like it had more connection to me. Yeah. You know, like I was I was actually um, you know demonstrating real skill and strength, and that was always something that I, I loved. Um, is perfecting a skill. Sure. You know, and even even hanging out with you for the last few days, like I've learned so many new things and just that process of learning something mm -hmm. new and being shitty at something and then being awesome at something. It's awesome. Yeah. And then finding and once you're awesome at it, find something you find really something else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you're just like, yeah, like juggling, right? I'm just yeah. like you showed me a little bit. And I'm like, fuck man, I suck at that. I want to get better at it. <laughs> yeah, isn't it annoying? It's, I, I, it's I started doing it. I don't even think I like it. I just I'm just annoyed that why can't I just do this really well? I should be able to do this, you know. Awesome, and for no yeah. logical reason. Of course, I shouldn't. But I mean, well, it should be nothing's logical. Not. No, what's logical just, about yeah, anything? But it doesn't stop me from being annoyed enough to, you know, like you see the way we have it, have it set up, right? There, you know, juggling balls in here, there's juggling balls in the kitchen, yeah. and wherever you walk, there's something there to juggle so that you can practice it constantly and obsessively. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's totally. the disciplined way. So, so you start getting interested, and in, in you decide, you know, your gut's telling you you got to do something physically, you got to make a change. So, so what's the move? What do you, what do you do? Well, the move, you know, there was no move. It just, it just kind of happened in the sense of uh, I was, I was doing this martial arts stuff, right? And I was, I was, I was loving it. Yeah. Um, and basically, uh, at that point, I don't, I don't remember how many years ago, eight or ten years ago, something like that, uh, a long time ago, uh, there was a um, in the place that we were training in mm -hmm. Toronto, um, there was this kind of loft space above yeah. the main, uh, the main gym where we did our martial arts training. And what I, th I thought it was just a storage place for old equipment that nobody used. Okay. Because, like, I saw rowers, and I saw, like, I think there was, like, some old gymnastic equipment, like, you know, uh, parallel bars and shit. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, nobody uses that stuff. Like, right. you know, I go to, the, I go to the, the gym all the time. I've never seen anyone on a rower. Right. Right. So I was just like, okay, that's storage. And then one day, I see these animals just running around up there, um, mostly without their shirts off. Yeah. And I'm like, what the f what are those guys doing? <laughs> and, they're, and they said, oh, you know, that's the CrossFit group. And I'm like crossfit what's that yeah and they're like i don't know it's just like this you know workout thing and i'm like that's interesting like they look really uh you know passionate about what they're doing and i didn't right. really understand it um and what hooked me was one of the dudes was running around and he had abs yeah you know like he had his shirt off and he was sweating and shit and he had abs and i'm like fuck i want abs and everything i've been for the rest of my entire life i'm trying to get abs i grew up chubby and and basically unhealthy um, and I'm like, whoa, abs. And so someone said, someone said, uh, yeah, man, he's only been training for three months. So boom, that sold. That you were in. Yeah. Sold. So here's the secret, okay? Yeah. It's not the secret. Here's the truth. Yeah. I don't care what anyone fucking says. Yeah. Everyone wants abs, right? Yeah, so, yeah that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's right. cool. And eventually you transition to something a little more, you know, mature. But I was like, fuck yeah, I want abs. Yeah. So, um, so I gave a class a shot. They had a free class. And I remember my first workout um, vividly. 
because it was only like 12 minutes long and I kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit. Yeah. And it was a partner workout. I had uh, another guy as my partner who was uh, this guy who's like, I don't know, he's like in his 50s or 60s, you know, yeah. silver hair. And he destroyed me in the workout. This is a 12 minute workout. I was left just obliterated on the floor, like in all my fluids, all of them, like it's sweat, fancy. blood, piss, no, I don't know. Everything. everything came out of you. Everything. And it was so weird because it was one of the hardest in, things I'd ever done. And and I remember like my last my my words of as I you know gasp for air. When's the next one? Yeah. I, like where the fuck did that come from? You yeah. know. So as soon as I feel that primal shit come up, like yeah. you know, this is just like from my gut and my heart. I'm like, there's a clue there. I have to follow that. Right. You know, I'm very I'm very much like on, on that wave. Like so I, I remember I went back for one more workout. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do a pull up at the time. Yeah. So I remember the warm up. It was like fucking like two rounds of just a very basic calisthenic dynamic warm-up it was like you know like like 10 pull-ups and 10 dips and all that stuff i'm like 10 pull-ups that's great that's crazy (laughs) you know two rounds what the fuck and and then they you know they put me in a band and stuff like that right um and i was like damn this is crazy anyway so um those were the only two workouts i did right and um what happened next was i had a surgery so i couldn't really uh, work out for a number of months. So after the surgery, which is months months later, breast I implants. I had breast implants, yeah. uh, pec implants. Actually, I didn't want to be insensitive and ask, no. but I, you know, it just came out of my mouth. Well, that is the you know that's that is the secret to my success. Yeah. Okay. My, well, it's all right. My, so my tits. Let's, let's be open. Anyway, we're in the yeah. circle of trust. So we, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, so the is fucking. So you have the breast implants and you can't uh, train. So then what do you do? Well, breast implants make push-ups easier. So. Yeah. Ladies, am I right? Well, you go down. Less range of motion. Less range of motion. And a little more. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, but they cut the muscle that makes uh, muscle ups very hard. Man, it gets you free drinks too. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, all right. So um, so basically, uh, you know, to try to make this long story shorter. What happened was um, the the gym that I that that CrossFit place, uh, which was like one of the first CrossFits in Toronto. It was yeah. basically, and uh, actually in Canada, it was CrossFit yeah. Toronto, their first location. Um, had kind of gone away, um, but I was kind of like hooked on the whole process. Sure. So what I did was I repeated that first workout that I ever did all mm-hmm. winter, like running outside Rocky style, yeah. uh, you know, doing pushups in the snow and it felt amazing. Like I was just like totally hooked. And then one day I, I had seen on the news that, you know, the, that gym across the Toronto had opened up, um, in a, in across town. So I started doing classes there Yeah. and, uh, that was just it for me. I just basically just started, you were hooked. I was hooked. And at that time, even before that. I was doing a bunch of other stuff. Like I, I took boxing classes. I took mm-hmm. whatever else. Um, and I'm just basically building up and researching fitness and athletics, right? And right. trying to figure out where I kind of stood in this whole thing. And I had, I, I guess for a long time, I wasn't confident that I was that person right. that could do this, that could lead people and even look at the part. Because, you know, my image of trainers are, you know, these jack guys or, or girls. Yeah. And I, that wasn't me. I've never been jacked in my life. In fact, I've, I've mostly been chubby or skinny fat. Um, and I didn't have any skills, so I really didn't think that was me. Right. But I remember um, after a while, I was like, "Fuck, I can like, I can do stuff." Yeah. You know, and it. I was surprised that I could do it. I thought it was impossible. Right. And once I knew that I could actually, like, fix my own shit, mm-hmm. I knew I had something to say to somebody else. And I always been a fairly like analytical person. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like you know, as a trainer, as a coach. Um, either you know you gotta be able to lead people or you gotta be able to communicate ideas effectively. So I was like, you know what, that's my thing, and I could probably be decent at it that way. So I decided to, uh, basically, long story short, I decided to fuck up a lot, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna get get 
the basic certifications out of the way, which is like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the ones in Canada that I'm sure we all know. And um, I was going to, you know, try to get a job. I like how you very, gym. very nicely sidestepped the, the names. Well, there's no need, need to get sued, right? Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, right. yeah, but I, you know, I basically... Just, just in case we piss all over what they, uh, what they are. So it, it, would be, it would be smart to do to, to Well, I'm trying to keep the controversies low, like down at the, the beginning of this, but... Yeah, I know. That's why I caught it and I made a little bit right now. Yeah. See, that's the art of what I'm doing here. You see? That's what I'm doing. As you sip your vodka. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Good. Yeah. Just let me finish yeah. the vodka and then we'll, yeah. we'll It's a bit like a, you know, a weird start of an odd date, you know? I'm just going to apply with I'm just trying to impress you. To really say something. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Wait till I'm slurring. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. So you get, you get some of these, like, prerequisite things that most, most trainers have. So, yeah, well, what yeah. in my mind, what, what I need to do, I do the rounds. I and, and at this point, like one thing I love about CrossFit, it, it seemed like it was a real exploration. It was like a very hippie way to approach fitness. And mm -hmm. the people I had seen in the in the kind of movement at the time, they kind of looked like me. I've always been interested in people who didn't look like they do much, but mm -hmm. they were, you know, like you know, tear their tear their shirt. And there was a Superman emblem underneath. Yep. I've always been interested in that Clark Kent to Superman factor. Sure. And uh, what what people who don't look the part are able to do because I think they're the most dangerous and that's kind of cool to me. Sure. So um, so I started you know doing just a bunch of different things, uh, exploring it, um, and I decided to get as much experience as I could. I decided that the only route to be really good at anything, you know, it's the ten thousand hour rule, is to fuck up a lot at first. Mm -hmm. So I decided to get a job at a commercial gym. Um, good idea. Yeah. And I did, I did, I, because I'm like, you know what, I'm going to learn the industry, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to spend a bunch of time learning what other people do, mm -hmm. uh, good, bad, and ugly, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, a good place to start, mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't feel I was ready to, to necessarily give people the intensity that, that uh, you know, maybe something like CrossFit would, mm -hmm. would give them, so I wanted to, to look at it in a different way, and I did that for, for a little bit of time, um, until, you know, basically, uh, went out with Soho and decided to open a gym, mm -hmm. um, and you know, and it started pretty humbly, literally in my in my condo. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd gotten rid of all my furniture and started sleeping on a fucking medicine ball as a pillow and mats and shit. And some of the some of the equipment that I have to this day, like this is from there. Totally, yeah. Actually, every client that I had at that commercial gym still came, came with me, right? And it's, and pretty much, uh, I would say ninety five percent of them are still training at the the academy. That's awesome. Five years later. So, so you were training out of your condo. Yeah. How long did that last? Why, well, uh, it lasted up until the time uh, a neighbor fucking knocked on the door at six a.m. Yeah. And I'm like telling all everyone in, in, in the room, shh, shh, get out of here. I'm doing okay. So I, I'm doing basically. I don't even know why I thought this was could possibly work. <laughs> yeah, because in my head, I'm, I've heard the story, and, I, and I'd like to know what your what your thinking was. Well, there there was there was thinking, but yeah. I just no, don't I'm think sure it was there was. I don't, I'm not being. I don't, you know what it was? I, I it just was... want to know how you. How, listen, whenever you catch somebody doing something profoundly stupid, it, it's very interesting why they thought that they were going to get away with it. So, so you, well, you as basically I, turned your condo into a gym. Well, when I explained it to my landlord, this is how I explained it. Yeah, please. Okay, I, yeah. I'm like it was a desperate decision because basically we had I had had all these people who wanted to train with me, yeah. and uh, we actually had our. Uh, we were looking for a space to do our, our CrossFit gym. We had our affiliation sure. already, but it fell through. Right. And as anyone who you know lives in uh, downtown Toronto, you know knows, it's really hard finding a space that sure. you know is uh, you know basically fitting of a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Very difficult to find. So uh, a couple locations fell through. Here I am with a bunch of people who want to train. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll show up at six a.m. at my fucking condo, seven hundred <laughs> square foot condo. 
that had, but you know what? It was amazing because it was like, um, like I could fit six people in there. I, it was a two, four condo, you right? You must've been making insane amounts of noise. Dude, I don't know why, especially in the early days where like I'm, I still thought dropping kettlebells was cool. Yeah. But I had gym mats on my like hardwood floor. Yeah. And I remember at six a.m. and I'm just like, kettlebells are dropping, <laughs> like people are like you know clapping and yelling, and I get a knock at the door and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, you know right away. You're I know right away. I'm busted. This is, this is over. Yeah. The be- so anyway, so what I did was I moved the whole operation basically down to the. Uh, to the condo gym. Right. Right. So that lasted for another two weeks until like we got basically found out. Yeah. Um, and then we moved it across the street into a parking lot yeah. uh, and then a parquet. And you know, that, that went pretty good until basically, you know, uh, it became winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was good. And, and you know, at that point we were actually really close to finding a location and you know, I mean, it was just, a, it was just survival. It was just desperate. Right. Um, and basically we found a location. Like I, one day, um, I, I, I just, you know, happened upon the perfect spot. It took me about, uh, you know, 30 seconds to close the deal. And that was, that was the first one. Yeah. And, uh, it was cool too. It's actually funny that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in front of you because one of the first calls I made, one of the fucking first calls I made was to you. I'd known about you through, uh, the other CrossFit gym Mm -hmm. and, uh, you were kind of like, to me, like you were this, like, I was scared of you, man. (laughs) I was, I was like scared of you because I'd seen your posters and like to me, kettlebells were like you know a uh, a crazy thing. So I knew you had to be a badass to, uh, you know, to n- not only use them but to teach them, to teach other people how to use them. Um, and see, I now that you know me, that whole illusion is all it's totally gone. Totally I just thought you were just like it. you're just like a you're like a big kid just likes to juggle and see me juggling and make saw, heart jokes. You saw you saw me in the gym the other day with someone standing on my head. So you know, how serious could I be? It's so weird, but like I remember the, I remember the day, and it's it's funny for for the listeners at, at home. Um, it's um, it's such a cool thing because um, you know it's fuck all the steps that it's taken to get here five years later. Mm-hmm. I'm like honestly, if it wasn't for you, um, I would have I would have not been here. I know we when you were on our podcast, like we already kind of talked about this, mm-hmm. but I just remember that conversation vividly where I'm like, you know, hey, is this Sean Mosen? <laughs> Don't hang up on me. And you're like, yep, 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 yep. I'm just uh, just eating my second breakfast. <laughs> and I'm like, I, it's like fucking nine o'clock. I'm like, second breakfast. So I, I obviously ask him, like, why the why do you have two breakfasts? Well, I'm just running the hills at St. Basil's, yeah. like, and, you know, the giant church, uh, running the stairs, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh man, this motherfucker is hardcore. It's like eating multiple breakfasts, running crazy steps. I think you were running with kettlebells. I'm like, what the hell? Anyway, but the cool thing is, is that, um, and this is something I take forward to me to this day. Just, you were so cool, and the tone you had was just like, like it made me feel confident for some reason that this was what I was doing was right. And I remember I just ordered some uh, some bells and bands and shit off you, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was like literally some of the first equipment we bought. Some of it we still have. Yeah. Right. Uh, I was just like, man, that's uh, it was it was a cool way to uh, to get started. So you know? yeah, you had just gotten out of the you know, teaching in the street. And I remember, I remember basically <laughs> where you were. You know, all the people would say they're street. You are street, man. The street. Dude. There's nothing more street than, than working in the street. Start from the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I, I remember. This is I remember the first place, too. And the first place was cool. You know, it was it great. Was, it was very much the, the quintessential box gym. Yeah. Now, when you open that up, so you finally get your place, you must be, you're totally stoked. You're freaking out. You and so must have been, like, so excited. What was the biggest surprise, like? What was the best thing that you were like, oh man, this is even better than I thought? And what was the, the thing where you were like, holy crap, this is what it is? Yeah, that's so funny. Um, you know what? The people. 
like the people and the honesty of those workouts, especially when CrossFit was so new and nobody mm-hmm. really, I guess, had any ideas about it. It was very different back then. I remember yeah. going, going because uh, especially at the beginning, I mean, now I go to a lot of CrossFit boxes, but I remember at, at the beginning, the, the tone, the people who own the box, the things were, were very, very different. They were, I'd say they're radically different from what they are now. I'm not saying whether it's better or worse. It's just, it was, it was absolutely different. There's no question yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Even the people in the, in the gym. Well, you know, I'll say, man, like, you know, most of the shoes I saw back then were Chuck Taylors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how that's yeah. how people rocked it, uh, which was cool because I walked into the gym and I'm like, wow, everyone's wearing sweats and Chuck Taylors. Yeah. And now it's a lot of high-performance gear, um, which, you know, is, which is cool. But mm-hmm. that's just where the movement started. It's it was just very raw. Very, it was very raw, yeah. very mom and pop. Wasn't people getting dressed up to go to the global gym? No one's getting dressed up. Yeah. No one's getting dressed up. Um, and especially at our gym, you know, it's weird, but I think we, we've always done like a really good job of letting people know what we stand for Mm -hmm. and it naturally kind of filters, um, people who might have, um, some other goals. Like, you know, we've never really reinforced this whole idea of like fat burning, fat loss, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like blaster ab kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I remember you had something scribbled on your door at that gym and it said ninja training. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was, I remember walking up going, that was kind of cool. Right? <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. it's like, what's going on in here? Ninja training. Yeah, man. You got to let people know, dude. But like, yeah. the thing the thing is, is that... I'd rather see that than, you know, hey, burn a thousand calories. Well, I've always liked what Jim Jones did in Mark Twight, where it was yeah. like, the, the whole like, Fight Club, uh, you know, gig where it's like, you know, you got to earn your, your entry into here. Yeah. I've always thought that was a cool thing. And you know what? Super cool. Yeah, there's no way I quit a job that I didn't want to do in order to do something I wanted to do and start to not do what I wanted to do. There's no way I was going to do you that. You know what? That's super interesting because I think, and, and for me, I, I think this podcast just should, you know, it should be really interesting for people that, you know, want to open up their gym. They want to open up a box, CrossFit box or whatever, any type of box gym. And there's a lot of people now. There's so many people doing it. Sure, yeah. But um, I think a lot of them, especially these days, and maybe even earlier, it's, it's basically people go, they go to a place like that, they get really turned on by it, they're really excited by it, they, they start to envision, hey man, I could do this, I could have my own sure. place. Or maybe they don't like some things that are going on in that place, and they're like, but their buddies are like, hey, we could have our own place, it'd be great, we could work out and yeah. do it our way, right? But they don't really know what to expect, they don't know how hard it's going to be, they don't know, they maybe don't have a vision of what they want. Yeah. Uh, or people go in with one thing and then like you were just saying, it's like, I, I didn't start this to do it the, the way that I wanted to do it to then not do it the way that I wanted to do it. I could just stay, you could have stayed in your own job yeah. and, and you know, had less stress. You were, you were making money, it was running. You didn't have to start all this and have all this stress. So, so you were kind of blown away by the people. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge, especially, you know, you open up and it's just you. And the first, you know, you had a few clients, but you didn't have enough to, to float a gym, yeah. especially down in Toronto. No, see, the, the greatest thing about doing something like this is that, you know what, you're responsible for everything. Like, that's that's cool is that, you know what, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. If you want something to happen, boom, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. The biggest um, problem with all that is that there's no one to point fingers at. It's all you. Yeah. So if it's failing um, or... You're fine. Or there's not enough money to make rent. Yeah. Well, there's no like, well, you know, I can just punch in, punch out nine to five. No, you, you know, you got to be there uh, on a Sunday night in February, fucking, you know, doing flyers. Yeah. You know, uh, which was a hilariously funny story because that was what happened one day. It was like February mm-hmm. and I was flyering, yeah. um, and uh, it was, and I remember I was, I was bitching at my business partner. I yeah. was like, we gotta go on flyer. Come on, we gotta do this shit. 
and uh, and then we came back to the gym after, and I was crusty as hell just because I was I was like you know Sunday and it's freezing, yeah. February, and I walk in to the gym, and I hear surprise. Right, it was a surprise birthday party. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I mean, that's the good and bad, you know, right yeah. there is that, um, is that boom? It's like, uh, fucking, you know, you have to be there on the front lines on a, you know, six o'clock February flyer, and your hands are freezing. But then you walk into your gym, and every, all your friends, and basically your entire community of members is there saying happy birthday. Yeah. You know, surprise, and then they just hand you a bottle of vodka, you chug it, and then you basically do a bunch of drunken muscle ups. So that's, you know, that's that, that like, sounds like an awesome birthday. That was a great day, right? That's fantastic. That was, uh, There's nothing better than, uh, apart from mixing training modalities, mixing training modalities and alcohol, right? That's, stay tuned, right? <laughs> stay tuned, exactly. Now, what would you say was your biggest mistake in those days? You know? Ooh. Like, um, I don't know, like right around the time when it opened up, you made a movie you probably thought was going to be awesome. Yeah. And it I, turned out bad. It could be like, you know, in purchasing equipment. Yeah. And also in programming or just the way you set up, let's say, a class or something like that. Like, what, what, what's a great thing and what was a, oh, I it's, wish I didn't, didn't have done that. It's so weird. I mean, I'll say there's no mistakes because I think, you know, you fail so much and there's and, and you have to fail. You have to withstand failure. That's mm-hmm. the key to any success is just having the, the, the you know, the, the gall and the balls to withstand failure. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. But I would say that it would have expedited our progress if yeah. um, there was a few people that I had met uh, through the, the gym community uh, who were business people in their own right and they and we just started talking and, and you know exchanging ideas always one of the things I love so much about this whole community is that mm-hmm. you know it's made up of people who really care and, and obviously about their bodies and performance and they're mm-hmm. successful in other industries whether sure. it's their doctors lawyers restaurant owners whatever and uh, you know I got a lot of people uh, you know tell me to read these books and uh, so there's a few books that really changed the way I just looked at the whole um, operation, mm-hmm. right? And I wish I had actually keyed into some of those ideas and, and, and some of that knowledge earlier. Okay. I knew I always had the drive, passion, and um, the obsession on the fitness side. Right. Because like, you know, I tell, I tell everybody, anybody who wants to become a trainer right now who comes to us for apprenticeship, I'm like, yeah. hey, let me ask you a question. When you're in the bathroom, you know, sitting on the, you know, mm-hmm on the toilet what are you doing you know don't get into details but what are you doing it's like if you're not read if you're on your fucking ipad yeah. on fitness blogs yeah. or trying to figure out how you know you can get a better you know strict pull up yeah then this isn't the thing for you yeah you have to be so ridiculously obsessed to get anywhere in this business yeah. uh, especially as the competitive forces rise but i've i knew i had that part of it because i was just frankly a nerd about it what I didn't have was the business side. Mm-hmm. And like before, you know, saying that, you know, I grew up coming up as an artist and, mm-hmm. and things like that or, or wanting to be an artist. Um, I was like, you know, business to me was completely nothing to do with art. Mm-hmm. But now I was like, fuck, business is art. The ability to actually coordinate, organize sure. and make something like flow like a business is a huge piece of artwork. And now I realize how important it is to actually run a successful business um, from the, and in an honest business from yeah. the perspective of you know community and integrity and really having a double bottom line um, I wish I had actually felt more connected to that side of the business before I began it so for somebody who's thinking about opening a box they're sitting there with their buddies you know and they're yeah. like hey we're gonna do this uh, and then you're like yeah yeah my buddy's got the business angle or whatever yeah you would you would suggest to them it's like hey before you pull the trigger on any of that go learn as much as you can about the inner workings of running a gym 
get in get into the you know the business mindset is I don't know it's just something maybe a particular resource or a particular you know author or a particular someone that they should should look at. Well, um, starting them off. Yeah, I mean, again, I uh, the litmus test for me is if I was doing an interview or I was consulting yeah. someone, I'm like, uh, or life coaching them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, Which we'll I will be, never we'll be, be, by we'll, the way. We'll be kind. We'll never. Yeah, we'll be kind. Of like, I've, yeah. fuck, I've never met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to offend life coaches. That's cool. Yeah. I've never actually, I don't think, met a life coach, which I thought was qualified <laughs> to, to actually lead their own lives, yeah. not even yeah. someone yeah. else's. But anyway, I've never met a celebrity trainer that wasn't. That's why I prefer to call myself a success coach. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, sorry, the vodka's kicking in. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> what no, I, I was advice. just saying, if there's, if there's, is there a particular, like you were saying, like, you, you know, people turned you on to some books, some authors, some yeah. things that you should look at. Is there a particular so one that you want to return to favor? I'm going to answer that in a sec, yeah. so just hold on to that thought. But I'll say, all right. I'm holding If people, if they're like, I want to open a gym yeah. and blah, blah, blah. The question I would ask them is, well, why the fuck haven't you opened it already? Why are you asking me? Yeah. Like, why? You know, that's a valid question sure. because you would have already done it. Yeah. So if not, then I'd be like, okay, well, I would test your commitment level. Mm-hmm. Owning a gym is very much like owning a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's like long hours. Um, you got to do a lot of stuff that's basically kind of on the level of slavery. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of actual financial reward in it. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. But you do it because you love it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you just cook because, you know, the sun comes up, you mm-hmm. cook food, sun goes down, you cook food. That's just yeah. what you do. Same thing with doing this stuff. Um, you will not survive in this industry, especially now, especially in CrossFit with all the competition. Sure. And especially all of the other people who are doing CrossFit but not calling it CrossFit. Sure. You will fail miserably if you don't gut check yourself and realize that you're going to basically, for the next five years, if you want to do this right, you're going to be sold into slavery. You're not going to make a lot of money because mm-hmm. CrossFit doesn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have auxiliary forms of revenue. You have to be really dynamic. Um, so CrossFit itself does not make money. You know why? CrossFit, very simple. Because people actually like it and use it. Commercial gyms, they oversell memberships at rock bottom prices. Mm-hmm. So people don't cancel and it's hard to cancel and they just never show up for products that right. they pay like for. Right, the dream of any global gym is that you know, a gazillion people sign up, no one shows up, you don't have to turn the lights on, nothing gets used, no equipment gets used, yeah. nothing gets, yeah, and then they're just sitting there making money. I've worked. I've worked in a commercial gym. I've seen. I've seen yeah. the active file roster. It's huge. It's bigger than mm-hmm. you know. It's like the. It, it was. It was just filing cabinets full. Sure. And I'm like, so that's the model. It's a very. It's a very kind of you know genius model for mm-hmm. the perspective of financial. Uh, you know their financial perspective, but it's not really cool. And I never open a gym to just try to get people's money. Yeah. Problem across it is people show up and like it. So yeah. you have the you know the average tennis star gym is like four days a week. Right, which is unheard of. Yeah. So they 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 and they invest in it because it costs more, right? Yeah. So um, you're not actually making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna do it, you really have to figure that shit out first because you will you will be doomed to failure if you don't. Right. Um, the quality piece for me is really huge. Unfortunately, um, you have a lot of people who have really only done one piece of fitness education, and that's maybe one cert. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they open a gym. Now, that's yeah. legally yeah. fine. Uh-huh. And it's fine according to the conventions of, I guess, uh, you know, CrossFit. But I personally, having been through the process yeah. and having been to other gyms and seeing differences um, and being exposed to just amazing coaches, right, mm-hmm. um, like yourself, I know that I personally would never recommend anyone go into gym ownership mm-hmm. without having really invested um, a lot of time 
in f- fitness education from multiple sources. Right. Not only getting certifications that you can get in a weekend. That right. stuff, it's good to have. Yeah. Wait, like, you know, I spent a few days with you. We went to a circus, you know, circus school, I guess. Yeah. Um, I trained with you a bunch of times. I learned a bunch of stuff just hanging around with you, Sarah. Um, you know, John doing all that stuff yeah. today. You got to hang around with the best people out there. That's why the academy. Uh, I had it's funny. Some- I just thought about it. In, in two days, we did Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Um, you went to a circus gym and uh, saw hand to hand balancing. Uh, me working, having you know human beings stand on my head. Yeah. Uh, jugglers, uh, aerialists, uh, you know hand balancers. Yeah. Uh, all that you were exposed to. All that talking to all those different people. You even saw some like carrying chair acrobats. Uh, then, uh, or, you know, we did uh, some flexibility work, mobility work. You did uh, uh, fascial stretching today, oh, adaptive yeah. body work uh, tonight at the gym. And I'd rather uh, do France 700 times <laughs> in a row. It's less painful, but, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, so all of that just in just in a few days. And I think you, you said something really important. Like, uh, there's a lot of those people that are opening up boxes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what course they took, but if they took that one thing, they've been exposed to one... Um, one perspective. Yeah. If they took something, uh, you know, something like a CrossFit cert or, or anything like that, even if it's got a lot of different modalities in it, there's only so much you can know about Olympic weightlifting if it was one of several things you studied in yeah. a weekend. Totally. Um, you know, and these are topics that people devote lifetimes to get, uh, you know, any type of ability to yeah. coach. And, so, and and here's the thing, Sean. Yeah. Here's the. So I I, I think I we would have I would have hung out with you. Uh, got in town on Wednesday. Friday, uh, so like four days or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't get a certification for this. Yeah. I don't get CECs. Well, I didn't pay for it either. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And you yeah. got vodka. Goodbye breakfast tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I got vodka. Actually, I got, I, I pretty much got paid for yeah, it because you, you guys fed it. me. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get a certification for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that doesn't show up anywhere. But you know what? I mm-hmm. became a way better coach in the last four days because I sought out people who knew their shit, who were open with their information. Yeah. Um, even just being at that circus gym, I learned so much about mobility and what people need uh, just to prepare, prepare themselves for yeah. really you know, intense activity. And circus is my thing. I never grew up doing it, sure. but I learned a lot from that exposure. So my thing is um, I, I wanted to always surround myself with the best people, the most sharing, caring, honest, best people. Yeah. So the academy was kind of built around, and the name is very you know uh, indicative of this. It was built around this simple concept is that I wanted to attract the best people because the thing that changes um, I would say behavior the most is the culture that that uh, it's embedded in yeah so you know you're always at the Academy giving courses right yeah. so the just the the osmosis and the process of that you attract so many of your great people to the gym that I that I you know learn from uh, you've brought in you know uh, high-level kettlebell you've brought in uh, in the past you know powerlifting yeah. and weightlifting um, you know, like all that stuff. That's huge. Yeah. And that affects our coaching staff because they get to see stuff. Um, sure. Yeah, now the joint mobility and everything else. That, Masters yeah. of Movement coming up, obviously. Like, yeah. you know, uh, obviously Alex Barbanov. Like, we have a fucking, you know, not only is he an Olympic lifter, yeah. lifting coach. He's one of well, he happens to have an Olympic medal. Yeah. All right, well, a fucking, you know, you, you can't get that in a weekend. Yeah. So my thing is, and it's funny, man, we were talking about Montreal, right? Yeah. I'm like, here we are. Like, people travel all over the world yeah. going to these, you know, courses and camps all over the world, yeah. just getting out of their hometown or home country. Yeah. Um, and they spend all this money, but you can just, you know, go to Montreal and be surrounded by the best circus yeah, and athletes, it, it, gymnasts. Even in, even in Toronto, there's, there's great places. I, I just find it 
I find it, listen, as somebody who travels and makes a living giving seminars, that's fantastic. And I love that people want to train and, and hear, you know, my perspective and my students' perspective when, when we, we travel. That's obviously fantastic. And I want that. But at the same token, I, I want people to, to look around them. And, you know, I, I hear about people going to learn how, you know, to do a back lever or, you know, a handstand. And they're like, you know, I'm going to travel, uh, you know, to the other side of the world to, to learn it. And it's like, listen, where you're at, at the level you're at, and, you, you know, as a beginner, there is probably a guy at your local YMCA that could teach you. And some people aren't going to those courses, you know, so far away because they're like, oh, someday, someday, when I can afford that. So yeah. why someday? Go put 20 bucks together and yeah. you could find a guy who can get you going with that or, or a girl get you started off, right? Yeah. And there's also a tremendous amount of talent in different places, I think, for, for people that, um, you know, look, just even at Montreal, it, it's insane what we have here. I mean, yeah, we have, you know, for, for, you know, fascial stretching program, we've got one of the most, it's the most incredible system I've ever seen in adaptive body work and, and that we're going to get John on the show um, probably within the next couple of podcasts. Uh, you know, we've got guys like him here, uh, the, you know, the circus school, everybody's geeking out over one arm handstands now, like that's some sort of benchmark for being a superhuman badass. I saw people just warming up with them. Yeah. So, you know, so, I was there at the gym one day. First of all, all, all the people there can do handstands and they can do great ones. You saw even jugglers who, who don't, that's not their thing. No. They just do really nice handstands to warm up. Yeah. Uh, it's not a big deal. In, in that world, that stuff is all basics. Like, of course, everyone can do it. And even one arm. So one day I was there and I, I was looking, there were only out of a full gym, there were only a handful of people that weren't able to do a one arm. <laughs> so, um, you know, there really are a lot of incredible people around. There's great parkour people. There's just, there's great, uh, you know, stuff. If people would just look and like you say, uh, <laughs> expose themselves to it, really not have blinders on, not think what they're doing is the best thing or think uh, this thing is the best thing, that thing is the best thing. Just really be open and say, I'm interested in this. Who's doing this? And then look at it and go, wow, that looks really yeah. cool. And then say, hey, that person's also doing that, but that looks even you know different. Something about the way they explain it really kind of you know re resonates with me. I want to do that. And you definitely have that at the academy. You have, like you said, you know, you, you get a collection of people in there that um, not only are great at what they do, but they're passionate at what they do. What they do. And uh, you know, we were talking about it earlier today. I said, you know, shit runs downhill. It's just a bad thing. You know, if, if the person who owns a gym or the person who's the head of a system or something is a bit of an ass, then everyone starts to act like an ass. But the opposite is true also. If the person who owns a gym is like super open and just like really passionate and wants to learn about all kinds of things, like I'm, everything's game. I'm up for anything. Yeah. But what do you got? Uh, then everybody in that gym tends to be like that. You don't end up with a bunch of people that know everything. You end up with a bunch of people that want to learn everything. Yeah. And that's always a cool place to go. Totally. I saw it when, uh, when Alex uh, Barbanov started running an Olympic weightlifting program at the gym. I was like, man, you know, he doesn't say much, mm -hmm. um, but people get really crazy results in his program. Yeah. And I didn't really understand it at first because he, he wasn't saying much. He wasn't necessarily cueing on the level that most even CrossFit coaches would cue. Sure. But I'm like, what is this? Why is it working? And I think he just creates this really nice environment. He's a very humble guy. Yeah. And people just feel comfortable and easy um, you know, I was nervous the first time yeah. I went to do a private with him and uh, you know I, I hadn't done Olympic weightlifting I didn't know what what it was gonna be like I didn't know how hard it was gonna be or you know and and I knew who he was and I watched the videos you know this lift this 215.5 kilo uh, yeah. you know clean and jerk and still uh, unbroken yeah and I'm yeah. like oh man and he couldn't have been the nicest uh, nicer guy he was you know him and Irina they were they were so nice 
so comfortable. I just felt like, oh, well, yeah, I could, I could, I could do this. Yeah, you know what? You know, you know, well, he seems happy. He seems like, I'm doing it. I'm doing a good job. And um, yeah, you were just, he just made everything simple. I mean, he was, he's so simple with his curing. I remember I was, I was ripping up my shins yeah. at, at the beginning. Just awful, you know? Awful. And I was getting obsessed about it like I do about everything. And I was thinking, <laughs> thinking I'm doing something wrong. This, this is, clearly, this is feedback. Okay, feedback is all right. I know. Uh, I'm making a mistake. I need to stop making this mistake because now... It's your Woody Allen side. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? And so I'm, I'm getting neurotic about it. And, and, and you know, I have to talk to Coach. Coach will explain this to me. He's, he's a world champion. He'll, he'll just explain this. No problem. And so Irene is kind of translating a little bit. And he's, he's you know, fiddling around with the English trying to get to me. And, um, you know... He says, oh, this is normal. And I'm like, okay, so I feel a little bit better, like I'm not an idiot. And he goes, coach say, bar close to body. I go, yeah. And he goes, sometimes too close. I do same thing. Two years. Yeah. So, so that was it. I started laughing. I was like, all right. So, uh, you know, yeah. if, if the great uh, Alexander Barbanov did it for two years, uh, maybe I won't panic. And you know what? It was funny. Very shortly after that conversation, I stopped it. It just it just stopped. Yeah. And I started laughing one day after I finished. I said, hey, I'm not ripping my shins anymore. Yeah. And I just laughed. And I was like, yeah, coach says close to the body, sometimes too close. That's all he had to say. He That's didn't really need to sit there and go, oh, well, let me take a look at you know your, your position and let's see you know your start and maybe you this and you got to check this angle. And it was just a very simple yeah. conversation that made me feel fine and not stress about it. And I stopped kind of worrying about it, and I just started to practice the other stuff that he had cued, and that's it. And that's awesome. It is awesome, man. It's it's amazing, but it's it's so crazy because I see this happen like on a daily basis, sure. right? Um, and I'm like, what is that? Like, what did he do to you? What kind of Jedi mind shit yeah. did he do to you? Well, personally, I don't even think he really, maybe even, you know, knows. He just he's this is it, where he does it. Yeah, he's just he's grown up in a system that yeah. is. Um, well, you know, one of the best ever, yeah. and you know, he's surrounded by a culture of, of just you know, beastly athletes. Yeah. But what he did was he just put you in an environment where his expectations of you mm-hmm. as a coach yeah. rubbed off on you. You know, yeah. it's like like I said before, um, the confidence that you projected when I was talking to Paul the first time made me feel like I could do it. Yeah. Him, you know, saying what he said, it made you feel comfortable. Yeah. And so for me, like coaching, I've learned that honestly, like. And, and this goes back to I've surrounded myself with the best, like Alex, yourself, um, and uh, even just being around the circus guys this uh, sure. this weekend, and John, just seeing how calm they are and how mm-hmm. they go about their craft, I'm like, there's there's uh, there's there's overlap here in behavior. And mm-hmm. the behavior is everybody's really chill, mm-hmm. no one's over-cueing, mm-hmm. they're not trying to fix every problem in the world, they're just trying to make the athlete mm-hmm. basically feel confident, because like you illustrated, athletes... Um, or anybody who's learning a new skill goes super fucking neurotic Woody Allen, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And, and your job is to fucking calm them down because their body, yeah. well, you know, genetically, it's probably older than their mind and yeah. it's built up of, you know, just millions of years of, of, of evolution and it's really good at doing things if it's just left to yeah. do them. So I really feel, you know, Olympic weightlifting is, is the same kind of idea. Sure. Any skill acquisition, acquisition really is. We talked a lot about it. Yeah. Um, and like that's what good coaches are. Like good coaches are just, you know, they're able to just put their people in a position to succeed, yeah. and it's really not that hard. Yeah. You know. And now, so more for vodka. everybody who's listening, yeah, more vodka. We just. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yeah. Okay, hang on. Everybody, wait a second. <laughs> this is good. That's right. <laughs> that's good. 
I don't know what the last amount of drink was. <laughs> so this could really get nasty. I get myself in a lot of trouble. Dude, so yeah, I, so um, I'm telling you, I feel great because like honestly, whey protein, yeah, <laughs> almond butter, <laughs> yeah, fucking BCAAs. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that. You got some BCAAs. And, yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah, vodka. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. We might develop the cure for cancer with your diet today. Uh, I'm sure. Way, I, I, I take no responsibility for your diet. I ate properly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've you've been doing some creative things on your own. But now, so I remember the first place that you had. You, you end up leaving that place. Yeah. You go into another place, which was very cool, had a very funky kind of vibe to it, and it's basically uh, a garage. Yeah, it was a garage, but it was bigger. It's bigger. And yeah. uh, it was bigger. It was kind of cool, and uh, you know, you had the uh, towards the end of that place, you had a cafe in the front, yeah. and it was it was a very cool CrossFit, and uh, you know, had great stuff going on in there, and you had that's when you first had Alex, uh, you know, in the garage, kind of in the back, and uh, then. I think really in particularly at that point, I started to notice also you started to do some very funky things. You were also always very creative, but I mean, even like from the projector projecting like, you know, the logo on the wall or something cool, yeah. like on the, on the building across the street at night, you were projecting on using their building as a billboard. Yeah. And we were projecting over projecting. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to do ads, right? Yeah. I'm going to project like Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. Right. Like it was just like, what the hell is this? I remember I pulled up to give a cert and my logo was on the wall and I was yeah. just like, yeah, that's it. That's the most badass thing ever. That's like the signal is up and I'm pulling it, yeah. you know? And it was just like really cool stuff like that. And you also started to do more, you know, different things with the gym. Like you were doing youth programs yeah. and there were other events, like something like, and that place would like turn into a bar at night or you have like some sort of big opening for somebody or there were a lot of things. And it's, this has continued to the, to the place where you yeah. are now. So what was the the impetus for that what uh I, I know like with the youth programs that that was always there you wanted to do something and you know you, you you were having guys come by the gym and you saw that there was a need and people need help so so you started you know uh, different different yeah. programs and some that were very interesting um so the first one just with with the lo local youth what did you end up doing well i'm just gonna i'm gonna again hold it there for a second just backtrack because um you know, wh why is all this stuff just continue to happen? Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's funny. Um, my, um, I, I, fuck, how do I, how do I properly frame this? But, um, I'm always influenced by all the experiences I have in life. And I think every experience you have, you know, is, is valuable, good, bad, and ugly. Um, this one time I was in Montreal. Mm -hmm. Um, so Montreal's been a huge influence on this as well and i remember we, we were partying and it was like you know four what, what, what's the last call here like 4 a.m depends where it won't close but yeah yeah so i'm we're partying here with a buddy and it's yeah. like 4 a.m and, and i'm like you know the bar closes and yeah. i'm like what do we do now and he's like well night's just beginning so we go to an after hours right yeah, that, yeah, go. yeah. and i'm like so we walk through um we, we go to the vintage clothing store mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And we, we walk, you know, we open the door and we walk through, uh, like, you know, it's like a jungle of clothes, like vintage clothes. Yeah. It's like just fucking peeling clothes away just so you can see an opening of light. And we go to the back and there's like a cafe and mm -hmm. there's this like, you know, totally like beatnik fucking scene going on with music and poetry yeah. and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is so awesome, right? And the, you know, the hippie kind of artist in me um, just loves this stuff. It just clicked to me on multiple levels. I'm like, this is this is genius. Urban space is so expensive. It's so underused. Sure. So I always thought that if I had a business and I could do whatever the fuck I want, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want, and mm -hmm. I'm not just gonna make this a gym because it can be a gym in the daytime, and uh, at night it's just empty. And luckily in a CrossFit gym, you can do whatever you want. I mean, as far as the space is concerned, sure. it's pretty modular. It's pretty open. Yeah. It's pretty open. So you know, I was like, we can basically just kind of flow with any idea. Luckily, mm -hmm. my business partner, best friend. 
um, kind of trusted me and also yeah. put up with me. So I was able to do a lot of things. Um, Some of these you've done videos have been shot at uh, your different locations. Yeah, we did like the classified video, videos, the inner yeah, engine thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tegan and Sarah, Jason Collette, uh, we've done movies, TV shows, yeah. all sorts of stuff, you know. Um, We've thrown really great parties and fundraisers. Um, we've done, uh, you know, full scale like you know, like music, like a, almost like a mini festival. Yeah. Whatever people come up to me, I never, I never, uh, not listen to an idea. Sure. Because I think that what we are, I look at, I look at the academy as a community center. It's a mm -hmm. hub, you know, and we have the ability to influence community health in what I think it is. And to me, community health is not only the ability to be able to do CrossFit mm -hmm. or burpees or kettlebells, it's the ability to uh, you know, affect positively yourself and thereby everybody else. Sure. So to me, it's always been that idea of, yeah, let's have a coffee shop. Because you know what? Mm -hmm. I go to coffee shops, talk to my friends, and hang out. So let's yeah. do a coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, why not have parties? You know? uh, why not expose 500 people in a night to our academy sure. and just you know have them come into the building? Why yeah, not? Exactly. And, and, you know, and getting back to the, to the original question, which I'm always bad at getting back to, but um, no, you came around full circle. Yeah, I try, I try. Yeah, um, so, what proof is this vodka? It must be not that strong. Um, but um, yeah, like the the youth program, it's funny. Um, that's where the name came from, Academy Lions. People always ask me, well, yeah. this is what happened because in the beginning we weren't actually called Academy Lions. For the first six months, we were called something like CrossFit Gyms Toronto West. Yeah, right. I remember. Yeah, so very ubiquitous name. One day, this is how the story goes. Um, I was, uh, I had just come from traffic court, okay? So anybody who, who has ever come from traffic court yeah. knows how much of a demoralizing <laughs> fucking, like, you hate, you hate life, you hate, you hate the, the, the justice system, you hate the government. It's just a shitty thing because yeah. it, it makes no sense. You know, the judge doesn't, you know, nobody cares about any, the actual problem of right. whatever it is. I don't even know. You're just paying money to somebody and you don't even understand why. Anyway, so traffic court. And I'm sitting, uh, so I leave it, I'm sitting at a Starbucks mm -hmm. um, and I'm just drinking my Americano. Uh, it's freezing cold outside. Like it was one of those days in Toronto where it was more like Montreal than anything. Sure. You know, the, the kind of day where Montrealers, you know, say, you know, it's like, oh, this is nothing. Yeah. If they're in Toronto. So anyway, so uh, we're, I'm sitting there and I see this this dude on a, on a like a sewer grate or, yeah. or one of those uh, whatever things that steam comes up out of trying to keep warm. And he looked like he was my age mm -hmm. and he looked able-bodied. And I literally had an epiphany. Like the epiphany was this, you know, you can teach someone to fish and uh, when you do, you know, they can help you. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was an interesting solution to a dynamic problem that I was having, which was... Um, starting a new business, you get no help. Mm -hmm. We opened up in a recession. We didn't get any loans. We financed it ourselves. Yeah. I had to be there the whole day doing everything. Sure. I coached every session. I did all the emailing. I did all the business. It was tough. But I wanted to like improve things around the gym. I wanted yeah. to get better paint. I wanted to do art projects. So I'm like, I, I, I ran fucking home, wrote a one-page manifesto. Mm -hmm. The idea was we're going to train youth Mm -hmm. how to do CrossFit. We're going to, you know, recover their lives in a way that I felt I recovered my life mm -hmm. and my, and my, my friend Sonia recovered his in a lot of ways. Um, and we'll just basically do the same thing for people who really need it. And in exchange, they will contribute to our community. Mm -hmm. That was the idea. And I'm like, what do I call this? Academy of Lions. Yeah. Our logo is a lion. I'm like Academy of Lions. And, um, and that's what happened. The youth, the, I, I passed that paper around that, yeah. that manifesto to, I just emailed it to everyone I knew who had any connection to the whole social uh, sector. Mm -hmm. Within about a week, I got a call from, uh, from someone from a local, um, 
a homeless shelter for youth. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just, I, you know, I saw the thing, you know, mm-hmm. friend of a friend of a friend at, at this cafe sure. giving it to me. And I'm, you know, I want to do it. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. What are you doing tomorrow? Brings a group of youth in and we start training them for free. No yeah. big deal. And, you know, they were the Academy of Lions. And to the, now what has happened five years later, we have a foundation. And what we do is we, we train youth in CrossFit and weightlifting mentorship, life skills. Um, we do a bunch of small and large projects. Uh, a couple of the youth from those original projects are actually, they interned and they're now employed yeah. and they're learning to be, uh, well, they're becoming uh, pretty high level athletes in their own right yeah. out of this program. So this has kind of been the idea. And, you know, basically we're like, we're just going to call the fucking Gym Academy Alliance because yeah. that's really what it is. That's what it is. That's what it that's is. That's awesome. Yeah. And you, you had, I mean, I guess it grew out of that and other, you know, ideas for a charity. You had one in particular that uh, really took off that was, in, you know, totally crazy. And I remember you, you, I saw you made this shirt and it said, oh, yeah. you know, this, this shirt built a, a school in Africa. And I said, oh, what's, what's that? And you, you told me and you were like, hey, I, I found out if I could, you know, raise this kind of money, I could, uh, you know actually build a school yeah. in in africa and help people out there uh so i just gotta sell this many t-shirts and you're like uh, hey would you you know wear a t-shirt and, and help me sell it and i was like yeah sure that sounds awesome that's a that's a great idea and uh you know we did it we and you, you we put things up and you, you started getting all kinds of people and you got some celebrities to yeah. to do it and i was like wow it's, it's really taking off you're, you're you're getting it done and then uh, i remember checking in and i'm like hey did you do it and it's like yeah we're, we're close to getting a second one now and uh, then all of a sudden you you partnered up with Roots Canada and then it was like, bam. Yeah. Uh, how how many schools did that? I think we're uh, probably out of this project approaching twenty schools built in Kenya, Sierra Leone, that's, uh, funded. Yeah. That's insane. It's pretty insane, and uh, you know you summed it up really nicely. The I, I just to anybody who's um, wants to know the secret to any kind of success mm-hmm. is um, you know don't be afraid of your stupid ideas. Um, just pursue them passionately, yeah. and the stupider the better. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like I, mean, I think that's an awesome. Listen, I got yeah. on a, I got on a plane and spent three grand when I didn't have three grand, plus all my other expenses to go learn how to swing uh, cannonball. That's dumb. <laughs> that yeah. that's really stupid. You yeah. Know? And then I came back, completely changed my life, and then affected a, you know, a lot of other ones around the world. So if somebody has a but they think it's a stupid idea. Yeah. As long as it makes sense to them, I do it. My mother says the same thing to me anytime I'm saying something and anybody looks at me like, that is really quite possibly mental. Uh, she just says, yeah, go, that's... Just, she just looks at me and she says, go with your gut, you're usually fine. That's <laughs> a know? fucking good motherly advice. It man. is good advice, so, yeah. you know, I just think... Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, that's a great story. Like, I mean, yeah. the, just actually it affected me deeply when you, when you said, like... Uh, yeah, here I am on like Montreal winter digging kettlebells, cannonballs out yeah. of a fucking you know uh, shipping container. Yeah. You know, because then you know it dented your your uh, your driveway. And all yeah, that I used to get the shipments delivered to my backyard. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, alley. man, that's what you got to do. Yeah. yeah if you want to do that stuff, sure. I, I you know I heard somewhere somebody said you know really successful people do a lot of uh, irrational uh, things or unreasonable. They're willing to do things that that seem unreasonable to yeah. other people. So I mean, yeah, even that like somebody would look at that and go, well, I, I don't know enough money for one and look how many people that's affected just from that one decision that you you know you made and then other people got on board and and it just has affected so many different yeah it's 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 nuts i mean you know you're saying like you remember the moment where you were like i'm gonna do this course i'm gonna you know i'm gonna spend some money i'm like 
well, look, look, I mean, how many people are going to be listening to this podcast and how many people are going to be, uh, you know, getting, uh, the benefits of that work and masters of movement, you know, next week. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's fucking all, right? crazy, man. Yeah. When you think about it, it's completely astounding. And it's the same thing. Like, I, I try not to think about it. I want, if I thought about it, I, I it, freaks, yeah, but it freaks me out. But like, yeah, for people that don't know, like, uh, we're talking about like the various progressions, you know, through your business and your gyms. So, you know, and we first started to speak just when you were getting off, you know, teaching people on the street. Yeah. I saw the first place. Currently, the Academy Alliance is a really nice building that has three floors, uh, plus the roof is, is usable. So we're going to do the roof. We're going to do the roof. And eventually, so eventually there'll be like a rooftop terrace there. Stay but, tuned, yeah. I mean, you walk in, the, the cafe, if you haven't been there, I can't really describe it because I'm saying it's a cafe because there's coffee served there, but... Uh, the best way for me to describe it is this. I was standing there one day and a guy walked in off the street and I, I came to tell you after because I thought it was really funny and I knew you would you would love it. It would You would be so happy with yeah. that. He was standing around staring at everything. Yeah. Kind of like circling around. Just standing in the middle, circling around, looking. And he went, what is this place? <laughs> and I thought that was awesome. He couldn't figure out yeah. what he was standing in. He was completely confused. He wasn't sure it was an art gallery. He wasn't sure if it was a shoe store. He didn't know if it was a gym or if he was in a cafe or he had no clue. And that's why it's it's a really cool space. And right beyond that, when you walk into the other room, there's a room that looks like there very obviously would be CrossFit going on, but it's got all these Olympic weightlifting platforms. And in the back of that, there's this kind of like special room. Uh, with these incredible murals <laughs> where, yeah, with all these Olympians, <laughs> you know, working out. And then upstairs, you got this big open space where, again, it looks, and especially the way the light shines in uh, on that second floor, it looks like there's some crazy thing that's just about to start. It always looks like something's about to start there. Um, so it's just, a, it's an unbelievable space, and it's set up in a way that, for somebody who went in and, and you know started in like a global gym and le- learned the ropes, uh, you set everything up very much to a counterpoint to all of that. It's not like any other place. It doesn't look like another gym that I've ever been in, and it's and the people don't behave in it the way they behave in the other gyms that I've been in. Just everything about it from the ground floor is structured in a in a really particular way, and it makes it a really interesting space to be in, and it's very cool because of that um so you know anybody who's planning a trip to toronto they should go and i mean that's why we're having masters of movement um training week there uh, because you know i mean face it i live in montreal i gotta travel to this thing if i was throwing a big party why not throw a party in your house it's kind of yeah. weird to call your buddy and say have a party at your place uh you know i own a gym <laughs> yeah, so, yeah but i wanted to do it there because that's that's the perfect place to do it it really is, uh, you know, for what we want to do. We want to have people like uh, exposed to guys like Alexander Barbanov and expose them to all, you know, uh, all these different programs and get them passionate about learning more. I mean, masters of movement is not about oh, a bunch of masters are going to teach you. Yeah. Um, you know, as I saw a couple of foolish people were, were talking about that. That no one's saying they're a master. What we're talking about is that we obsessively are trying to master these skills. And we're well aware that mastery is not gonna happen. I've never called myself a master of anything. And anybody who ever even kind of hinted at that, uh, I immediately tell them no. I've been doing martial arts since I was a little kid. And uh, 
I've got, you know, several black belts and I quit teaching martial arts because people were not thinking. They were bowing and doing whatever I told them to do. And the last day I taught karate class, uh, I told you the story. I went in and I was so disillusioned that everyone was just listening to me because I was a teacher. So I made up karate for two hours, the dumbest stuff I could think of. And everyone was just practicing it in the mirror. Nobody questioned anything. I pulled my belt off, tossed it across the floor and I walked out. Wow. And I said, I'm never going to do this again. So Whoa. I wanted to create... Uh, a, a, an environment and a week of training where that passion to just dedicate yourself to self mastery and understand that it's a process that you're going to go through that changes you trying to get it, trying to touch it, and you're never going to touch it, and that doesn't matter. It's just the process. It it's takes like the a, same thing. Yeah. You keep talking about passions. Like you were you were passionate for some things, so you left. It so, takes it takes you know, a special kind of, I think, personality. Uh, not person, personality. Because personalities can be can be achieved um, to play a game knowing they'll never win, but still play it hard enough. You know, yeah. like really hard. And I feel like that. I learned that about training. Like even you know, just like fuck. There's so many things to work on. Yeah. That's perfect. This is awesome because I'm always gonna be working. You know, like mm-hmm. there's 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 no shortage of challenges. That's, that's the good. It's great. That's what yeah. If great. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you just want to stop when you achieve everything. Well, that's not funny. And if it was something so easy that it's like, oh, that takes about two months to get yeah. there, then why even bother? Why yeah, bother I mean, doing it? We're splitting hairs with the term "mom." I mean, I just think it's a cool name. You know, I like the acronym "mom." It's it's good. It's yeah. better. You know, it's better than just like you know, um, kind of some people who are okay at movement. Like yeah. that's just a better. It flows. <laughs> Sounds there. better. Right? Yeah, but you know what, dude? I was looking at the um, the schedule yeah. that you guys put together, um, and. I'll be so honest with you, yeah. right? Because you know, like you, you come in all the fucking time yeah. to uh, to do certifications, which I'm very very fortunate. And you know, uh, I have access to um, uh, to the, some of the parkour stuff that's nearby, and, yeah. and and obviously Alex is in the gym. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, I might just kind of pop here and there sure. into a couple courses. But then I looked at the the schedule and yeah. I looked at the layout, and it's just like you know, morning wake up, do some yeah. running, and then boom. Yeah into some weightlifting and, and then some uh, kettlebells and some whatever and and then nutrition and I was like fuck this is like a super fucking hero camp yeah you know what I mean I'm like I'm, I'm gonna be in every session just because I think like like you said it's not necessarily about the mastery or even the teachers which yeah. are, you know it's the community it's actually a like you know all those people being there at the same exactly. time and place yeah. is that concentration of energy and passion yeah. and it's actually building a really amazing kind of culture where um, you know that you've come out of something really special and you have the kind of energy to yeah. carry that forward in your own gyms you know yeah. what I mean and that to me is everything because it's really you know I, I realized a long time ago our gym it's not the kettlebells that we own it's not you know it's not the rooms it's mm-hmm. not you know uh, the equipment it's the community it's the people who are kind of tied by these invisible bonds, yeah. which not a lot of people will, will be able to see on a, on a ledger, yeah. but they're there, they're tangible. Yeah, you know what I mean? It. And when you, when you surround yourself in that environment, things happen. Like, you know, exactly. I had a guy call me and he said, I have my finger on the registration button, I'm about to put it, convince me. And I'm not a salesman, I didn't want, really want yeah. to do that, but I just told him, I said, look, you know, what do you do? And he started telling me, he's like, listen, I, you know, I've done different types of things, but I got bad knees, I'm not really probably gonna get much out of the running, I won't, I won't run. And, uh, I, you know, I used to play football, I used to power lift, uh, you know, those days are over, I do yeah. yoga now and different things, I'm interested in the flexibility, the joint mobility, yeah. the hand balancing, all that stuff, you know, so is this still worth it for me? I said, look, there's people coming from Italy, from yeah. the UK, 
in both the United States and across Canada, right, for this day. That's how much it means to them, that they be in that room, listening to these coaches, training with everybody. Yeah. So, so never even mind even the coaches and what they're going to say. Just those people, that's, that's their level of dedication. So you put yourself in a room with people like that, and you, you train with them for five days, and you don't change your life, there's something wrong with you. Totally. He, yeah. he went, thank you, got off the phone, my phone clicked, I saw the email come in, he registered right away. There was uh, something, something interesting um, that I learned through uh, something you did, which was uh, you, had, you had brought a, like a high-level kettlebell dude from Russia yeah. onto uh, the academy. And to be honest with you, GS, kettlebell sports, it's yeah. not my favorite thing in the world. Even though I am Russian, it's just something I don't particularly yeah. enjoy. I prefer weightlifting, right? Yeah, sure. But, so, you know, this dude, uh, you know, was like a world champion, one of the best in the world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if he's in my gym, I gotta take the opportunity because it's like, fuck. I think you can learn anything from anyone who's the best at something. Of course. Like, if you have achieved the status of, you know, there's what, like six, almost seven billion people in the world mm-hmm. right now, and you're the best mm-hmm. out of all those, you know, motherfuckers, yeah. there's something about you that I can learn. There's something interesting to hang out with that person. If somebody wanted to show me the best bas- basket weaver in the world, wanted to take two minutes to show me that, even not the best, but anybody. Like, you saw, like, I saw you today. Uh, was it today? Was it yesterday? No sense of time. It was yesterday. We yeah. went to, uh, um, the circus here. Yeah. I, I saw you, you know, you going over talking to the, like some of the jugglers and the different, you know, like, you know, are you going to go juggle? I don't know. Maybe now I showed you enough that you're interested, but uh, <laughs> those guys will talk to you and if they'll talk to you, they'll talk to you about anything. Um, I listen to all of them. Anybody, you know, I told, I told you about the guys with stilts, you know, yeah. you know, jumping around and going crazy with those spring loaded stilts. Uh, the fact that they were willing, you know, to talk to me, but they were like, Hey, do you want us to teach you? Uh, yes, of course. I, why not? Anybody who's willing to show me anything, that's that's awesome. I, I learned so much out of that because, I mean, we talk a lot about awareness, just mm-hmm. being aware of what you're doing. And, and, I mean, those guys were so open with their information. I took a lot away. Like, the culture in that place was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I Again, just, just through osmosis mm-hmm. uh, and just wanting to be aware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I found myself to be kind of like, uh, I think these days, kind of like a athletics backpacker. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll, I'll now go into any experience and even if I don't necessarily like it or it's not comfortable for me, I'll just yeah. give it a shot. Um, because even the process of, of trying to do something that you're not interested in or sucking at, yeah. or you suck at immediately, you know, like learning a skill is a skill. Sure. And that's that's really interesting. And so, you know, there's things that I'm not particularly, um, you know, I'm not going to build my life to. Yeah. Um, like, like, like circus. But it was the first time I ever, you know, was exposed to those people in that way. And man, did I ever learn something. And if I denied myself of that opportunity mm-hmm. um, or, you know, made some sort of excuse based on insecurity or just like yeah. some, you know, not realizing the opportunity I had at the time, sure. I would have lost out on that. And I feel like it's, you know, it's the lessons that you don't look for, which are the most important. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know what we know. Yeah. But it's what you don't know what's going to change you the most. So you got to put yourself, and this is kind of back to, you know, the fucking whatever, seven spiritual laws of success of yeah. owning a gym or some shit. But it's like, you got to put yourself in positions where, you know, you don't know shit. Yeah, get out of your comfort zone. If you're going to run a successful gym, successful business, yeah. you're going to have to do things that, you know, maybe you don't like, maybe you're afraid to do, maybe you just don't want to try that, but maybe you got to try it just to see if it works. You, and you got to learn how to love them. You know, you actually, it's funny, but uh, that kind of conjugation of emotion, taking something where you, you feel kind of negative about and learning how to actually extract the opportunity in it. Yeah. To me, uh, just going back to, you know, the earlier questions, that's what it is. You have to continually realize how to re re energize and re-motivate yourself mm-hmm. and one of those things where uh, you know i tell to that kind of you know wide-eyed prospective crossfit gym mm-hmm. 
box owner or whatever, is you know what? Um, you're not going to make, like, there's going to be a period of time. You're not going to make any money, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're probably not going to be working out that much. Yeah. You open a gym because you love health and fitness. Guess what? Yeah. You ain't going to be doing it. Yeah. You're going to be fucking so stressed. You're not going to be wanting, you're not going to want to be in the gym. Yeah. The last thing you want to be, where you want to be is in your own gym. At the end of the fucking, you know, day where you've coached from 6 a.m. to basically 8 p.m., the last thing you're going to want to do is a wad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you won't do it and you'll get in a real bad place. That's some hard shit to deal with. Sure. You know? And how do you get through it? How do you get through it, right? Yeah. Well, I had to get through it. That was that was what happened to me, yeah. you know, uh, two years ago. That's exactly what happened to me. Um, but it was through that process where, you know, the coal becomes a diamond kind of thing where mm-hmm. pressure, you have to be willing to accept that pressure and not only accept it, in, in, not in a begrudging way, but be like, yeah, this is the shit. <laughs> I'm in it now. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a point in the beginning actually where it was really funny, man, but it was definitely one of those epiphany moments where, um, yes, I was, uh, in my, in my condo, uh, napping on a fucking medicine ball as a pillow cause I got rid of all my furniture. Yeah. So I was on a medicine ball and I was basically just like what the fuck we can't find a place all this shit's like falling through it's mm-hmm. just really really hard to do and I'm like why is it so hard you know why, yeah. why me yeah. and I'm like and it just hit me man listen Everest mm-hmm. right yeah. like the reason people climb Everest are fucking hailed as you know awesome people mm-hmm. and marvels of humanity is because that shit is tall that mm-hmm. shit is hard yeah. so you know if, if the easy stuff is not fun yeah so um, the thing that I liked about CrossFit was it's not easy, mm-hmm. you know. So there's something to it. So I think on a, on a business level, I really take that same attitude into the business side and just yeah. the organizational side and the yeah. coaching side. Sure. And um, so really, it comes back to you know, yeah, like simple shit, like follow the thing that really makes you passionate. Because if you have that giant fucking rechargeable battery, yeah. you will get through the real, you know, tough times. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, just before we end up, I think that's, that's a great note to end on. Uh, there are some special things. I know we already talked about Masters Movement is coming up, and this is an annual thing now that, that's going to be happening at the Academy of Alliance. To the end of time. Uh, yeah, and uh, we also have uh, Adaptive Body Work is going to be coming up. We are talking right now about a date, so this is going to blow people away. A lot of people are interested in, in fascial stretching, uh, but they haven't seen this. And uh, you've, you've had some work done uh, by John Sutherland. Uh, I, I, you know, introduced you guys and, uh, this, I used to call him the witch doctor and, uh, you know, it's the craziest, uh, most, you know, uh, effective, uh, version of this that I've ever seen. So we're, oh. we're going to bring it to Toronto and we're going to bring it to the Academy of Lions. Dude, I walked in, uh, you know, I came to Montreal with a busted left arm, mm-hmm. like busted just from, uh, just yeah. from training, just putting up with it and I'm walking out with a new arm. It's just like, boom, yeah. bionic arm. And uh, this guy and his concepts, yeah. um, I will be integrating everything I've learned from him into the gym. And our gym is going to be way better. Um, and I honestly feel like I've, I've trained with a lot of coaches, a lot of people. Yeah. I feel the stuff that he's presenting is some of the best in the world. Yeah, I, I haven't ever seen any. You know, I mean, people have done some different fascial stretches and it feels good. And then, you know, like very limited, short period of time, there was, um, you know, some improvement or some relief. If something was causing me pain, but I've never seen anything like what he does and uh, how it's changed uh, and improved my training. It's completely blown my mind. So we've got that coming up at your place, yeah. and I know you're bringing in a very special guest from uh, uh, Bulgaria. <laughs> yes. That anybody who ever touched a barbell, or if they are touching a barbell, and if they don't know this name, and you're listening to this, first of all, shame on you. 
and second, Google. And no, I'm not spelling it for you. It's hard to spell. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's hard to spell. And also, be, be passionate enough to at least misspell it a couple times, and then eventually... Just, you know out. what, just uh, Google Godfather of Weightlifting, yeah. or uh, <laughs> yeah. Bulgarian Weightlifting. Bulgarian Weightlifting, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're bringing in uh, Abhijayev uh, is yeah, going to come. Uh, yeah, and uh, he is going to be doing some stuff at the Academy, which is completely and utterly insane. It's pretty crazy, man. It's yeah. like, uh, just, you know, it's... I drive uh, six hours, um, you know, just to get corrected by Alexander Barbanov. Uh, that to me, you know, like I do a two hour, two hour session with everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'll drive two hours just to go to your gym and be in the room with women that lift heavier than me and, and, and better than me and uh, a 13 year old boy. And prettier. Uh, no offense. I don't know that they're necessarily all prettier than me, no. but there's definitely a few that are as attractive as I am. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, a 13 year old boy there who, who lifts what I lift. And, you know, sits behind me and goes, hey, let's do well tonight, you know? So, uh, to me, that's worth a six-hour drive. I'll drive from Montreal uh, just to get corrected by them. And, uh, you know, for, for whatever you've got coming up, uh, this is going to be epic. So, I'm definitely uh, down. I'm going to be there. It's going to be so cool, man. It's like you have three generations of yeah. weightlifting. Uh, Abhijev revolutionized weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, got Bulgaria, you know, basically started beating the Russians. Yeah. I'm Russian, so that's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a traitor. No, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, his his systems, his innovation is unparalleled. Yeah. Uh, Alex's pupil still holds a world record, considered yeah. one of the greatest lifters. And then Alex's son, you get to see someone who's like literally, pretty much destined to be in the Olympics. Yeah. You have three generations, like this is athletic, pedigree, lineage, and culture yeah. at its fucking heights. Yeah. And they're just walking around drinking coffee. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't have to look any further for people that you know are like they, I asked I asked around like you know hey where should I you know train for this that well once I you know met Alex that was it I was that was done yeah and just so nice so you know it's all just, they're just great you know so that's amazing uh, just like everybody at, at the Academy of Alliance which is awesome man so it's gotta be a nice person know, I think yeah you know congratulations on uh, all your success and continued success thanks for uh, stopping by and thanks for having uh, vodka. Let's uh, finish up yeah. with our with our last little bit. Got a little bit in there. Wait a minute, that's not acceptable. That's there's no there's absolutely no way you can end on that. That's oh, like man. a that's a sip. That's completely unrealistic. All right. All right. Well, it's part of a balanced diet. It's part of your balanced diet. Uh, we we could because you uh, surprisingly for a guy who ate what you ate today, you know a hell of a lot about nutrition. We could have done a one hour podcast on uh, nutrition because you're even more of a geek for that. Uh, yeah. But your diet today was definitely a mystery to me. But this is the perfect way to end it. All right. All right, man. Thanks for being here.